This is a production of the Z Talk Radio Network. The views expressed and opinions given by the individual hosts and their guests do not necessarily reflect those of Z Talk Radio, its affiliates, or sponsors. Wow. It's dark. Well, let's have some light on the subject. Put on your critical thinking caps and please refrain from hugging. It's time for Dimland Radio with your host, Jim Dr. Dim Fitzsimmons. Hello and welcome to Dimland Radio here on the ZTalk Radio Network at ztalkradio.com. I'm your host, Jim Dr. Dim Fitzsimmons. Remember, I'm not really a doctor. I just play doctor online, and I'm going to try to stay calm this week and not get too worked up because uh, I don't want my wife yelling at me again like she did last week. Did you, re- did you recall hearing that? She called downstairs saying, you know, settle down or something like that. And I said, I'm doing my show. Remember? Yeah, I was getting a little bit worked up. Um, anyway, um, I do have a correction to make at the beginning of the show. If I get something wrong, I... Try to make sure that I correct it right away, as soon as possible, as soon as I find out I was wrong, and uh, do it at the top of the show, because that's what I want to do. And uh, I, now, this goes back a couple weeks. I was uh, awarding a bunch of Dimland Radio Science Heroes, and I was talking about that sting operation called uh, Operation Pizza Roll, in which uh, skeptics uh, Susan Gerbic and uh, Mark Edward uh, and their team of... Uh, internet skeptics people got together to try to uh, see if they could catch a celebrity psychic, uh, in this case a fellow named Thomas John, see if they could catch him in um, doing a hot reading. And a hot reading is when the psychic knows something about the person they're reading beforehand. It's not uh, cold readings where they try to pull information from the, the person they're reading uh, they try to pull that from us. The information is being, isn't coming from the beyond. It's coming from the person that's being read. They're being asked a bunch of questions and a bunch of statements are being made and a bunch of little guesses are going on. And when the psychic is correct, the, re, the person being read usually registers that and the psychic then you know, follows that vein. And the, and the person being read goes away thinking, wow, how did they know the name of my dad? Well, they didn't. They just said, I see an M name or an R name. And they just, they've searched their, went through their Rolodex in their brain. Okay, what dead people do I know that start with an M or an R? And they're able to find somebody. But um, so that's a cold reading. But hot reading is when they, they know who they're going to be uh, reading. And uh, like a lot of times they do this with celebrities, uh, they'll they'll just go online. They'll Google the person. They'll go on Facebook. They'll go on Twitter, and they'll just see what information they can get. And if it's not the psychic themselves doing it, they might have people that work for them that do it. And okay, so I had talked about uh, about that and how that all went down. Uh, Susan and Mark were playing a couple of characters, and they knew very little about their characters. Uh, the the face uh, the 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 team that they were working with kept all this information away from Susan and Mark. They only knew the just some very basic stuff. And then they created this whole life for these people on Facebook, you know, with conversations and postings of things and pictures and all this sorts of stuff to make it look like this, these are two people, these characters are alive and and have all this stuff going on with them. And so Susan and Mark had no idea about virtually all the stuff that was being done on Facebook. They didn't, you know, they didn't, well, they didn't know anything that was being done on Facebook, but, but they only knew the basics about their characters. And so they had to just play with, go with it as the psychic was doing this reading with them. They just went with it. And then afterward, they checked the transcript that they got uh, through it and, uh, or of it and saw that he was pulling this information and they looked and see where did he get it and he got it from Facebook you know now he denied that he looked through it but maybe somebody looked through it for him I don't know. but it sure so it seems like it was a hot reading and I think they pretty got him. I pretty much got him and that's why they're dimland radio science heroes 
Okay, well, during the course of talking about that, I misspoke. I said a wrong word or term, and you know, I do this thing, the pedantic moments each week. I do, I do one, or at least uh, most weeks I do one. Sometimes I don't have one that's good enough to do, uh, or I just can't think of one. <laughs> and um, if when I have pedantic stuff on my show. I have to expect that some people that listen might feel like, you know, turning this ped this pedantry back at me, and I have to accept that. I have to expect that. Well, if I'm going to dish it out, got to take it, you know. And I, really, I'm not as I mean, I'm pedantic on the show. This is it's you know, I have my pedantic moment. I do this thing on the show, and yes, I do that for a little bit of humor. But I, but it's I'm not really all that pedantic. Well. I am <laughs> pedantic on the internet and in in person, but I really you don't know how often I pull back and say nope, I'm not going to correct them on what they said. Nope, I'm not going to say hanged when they keep saying hung when they're talking about hanging a person. You know, somebody that hanged themselves, they will say hung themselves. No, <laughs> uh, they hang themselves. At least. I'll try <laughs> not to say it. I mean, I get told. Uh, you know, I, I try to say that. Look, I'm not that. I'm not as pedantic as this reputation has. And oh no, you are. Yes, you are. <laughs> it's just uh, it's just with the Minnesota skeptics just this past Thursday, and I mentioned it again. And uh, this this same person who told me in the past, no, he says, no, you are. You are. This. No, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not doing it constantly here. How am I? Am I correcting people a bunch of here? Am I doing? I'm not. But, you well, know, I'm trying, okay? But, I, like I said, I have to accept the idea that if I'm going to be pedantic on the show, have pedantic moments, I can expect that somebody's going to put it back at me and I have to be able to take it, okay? Well, what happened? Well, while I was talking about Operation Pizza Roll, I mentioned that the celebrity psychic, Thomas John, told his audience that they should feel free to go ahead and videotape the proceedings. Okay. You got me. I want a listener of mine threw it back at me, you know, just pointed it out to me. He says, you know, videotape. That's ah, oh, you know, yeah, okay, I misspoke. You know I misspoke, but it's part of the thing. It's, if you're going to be pedantic me with me, uh as long as it's done with love or at least not hate, then that's fine. <laughs> and and he's right. So I was wrong. I shouldn't have said videotape. I, I should have said that the psychic told his audience that they should feel free to go ahead and film the proceedings. Okay? Is that better? Can we move on? Yes. Now, last week, I talked about suspension of disbelief and with a couple of movies giving examples. Uh, Total Recall and Die Hard 2 both from 1990. Total Recall, I had I didn't have any problem suspending my disbelief, but I had a big problem with Die Hard 2. And I went all the way through, you know, what what it was. I, I was with the movie up until this point, and the point was when John McClane realized that the special forces group that was sent out to 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 uh, battle the terrorists, to, to defeat the terrorists, were actually in cahoots. And how he figured that out was he realized that the terrorists they were shooting blanks from their machine guns in the big shootout between the special forces guys and the bad guys, you know, the, the, ter the terrorist guys. And when John McClane realized that, he realized that they were in on it together. And he tries to convince the captain of the special police force that they have at uh, Dulles Airport he walks in with his machine gun into the, into the police station, into the squad room, which at that point in the film, he had established himself as a known cop. The other officers knew him. He was, he'd been there frequently, being yelled at by their captain. So he walks in to try to convince the captain that the two, the two groups are, are in on it together, and the captain won't believe him. So McLean gets mad, steps back. He's got the machine gun, the machine gun that's got blanks in the magazine. Uh, it's the magazine. I was told that I had a, I made a mistake about I was interchanging the phrases uh, or the terms magazine and clip. They're they're not the same thing. The magazine 
it has more bullets in it and it it helps it feeds the bullets into the firing chamber within the weapon and the clip is what kind of holds uh, some bullets together it's, it's it's not as many that gets fed into a magazine now a magazine can be in the weapon or it can be an external magazine that clips into the into the weapon or, or connects into it, uh, and that's where I was getting clipped and mixed up. So that so what McLean had with the blanks in it, with the blue tape and the red tape that had the live ammo, those were magazines. I think I have that correct. They were not clips. Okay. So so okay. All right. So he's got the blanks. Shoots at the captain. He's surrounded by police officers. They draw their weapons on him, but nobody shoots. And see, at that point, the movie was over for me. Uh, the, my suspension of disbelief was broken. John McClane is a ghost. Some little kid's going to come up to him and tell him how he sees dead people. And McClane would probably beat him up or something. And, or just tell him, you'll be KA, mother. Anyway. And, all right. And that's where the, it just ended for me. And by the way, I was able to find video footage of this in, as part of the Watch Mojo series on YouTube. Have you ever you've heard of Watch Mojo? Watch Mojo is uh, they do a top ten video list every day. They produce it's done it's produced rather well, and they have all sorts of topics, usually entertainment stuff, like pretty much all entertainment stuff. Not always music, but sometimes music, sometimes movies, sometimes books, sometimes whatever. And so I was looking for this video clip, and it shows up in what Watch Mojo was calling the top ten badass moments of the Die Hard uh, movies series, the movie series. And that the blanks shooting the blanks at the at, at Captain Lorenzo was number six on the top ten list. And, and so Watch Mojo thinks that was pretty badass. I think it was pretty dumbass, but that's you know. So I. You know, if you like Die Hard, you had no. A lot of, I'm sure a lot of people had no problem at all with that. I just did. I couldn't suspend my disbelief. I had a problem. What? What? The, you know? That's just. It just didn't work for me. So. I had the opportunity while watching that video to be able to pause it and see and count how many police officers had drawn their weapons, and the number was I got was seven. There was one guy behind the glass wall that was behind the captain as he's being shot at. There was a guy back there turns in his chair and he's got his gun out. And behind McLean, when he finally finishes shooting at the captain, who doesn't get killed because it's blanks, behind him are another six police officers with their weapons out aimed at McLean. Not one of them pulls the trigger. So huh, it just didn't work for me after that. I just said, there's no way, he's dead. Okay, well, that was what I talked about there. But I wanted to, other than just revisiting all that, but I just to let you know that how many police officers there were and that I had magazine and clip incorrect. I was interchanging them. Other than that, I wanted to talk about this again because I brought this up, this debate about the movie Die Hard. And that is, is it a Christmas movie? And I rather confidently said last week that no, it's not a Christmas movie. Christmas is just this it's just a setting. It's just something that's happening in the background. It's not, it's not, it doesn't make it a Christmas movie. But I was challenged on that. Well, what's your criteria of what makes a Christmas movie or a particular holiday movie? Hmm. And I had to think about that. Uh, so I thought, well, okay. Um, what, let's see. If I, if you recall, I gave examples like uh, uh, such as um, the, uh, the Poseidon Adventure. Now, is that a New Year's movie because the tidal wave turns the ship over uh, just after they finish singing, you know, Happy New Year, all Lang Syne, and all that? Just after they finish doing that, does that make it a New Year's movie? Uh, does does Jaws happening just before and, and over the Fourth of July weekend does that make it? A Fourth of July movie. I mean, the easy ones, uh, as far as Christmas goes, are a Christmas Carol, a Christmas Story. Hell, Christmas is in the name of the movies, and It's a Wonderful Life. No, not It's a Wonderful Life. Not that one. Uh, Miracle on Thirty Fourth Street. It's a Wonderful Life. I was saying wasn't a Christmas movie because Christmas is in there. It's 
it's in the background of the big moment at the end, but it's not throughout the course of the movie. Christmas Carol, Christmas is all about, you know, it's all over the movie. It's, you know, they're trying to, the, the ghosts are trying to convince Ebenezer Scrooge to embrace Christmas and to become charitable and stop being a mean old miser guy. And in a Christmas story, little Ralphie wants this BB gun, so he's going to try and get it for Christmas. Sure, there's subplots in there, but really the whole thing is about, it's, it's aiming toward Christmas. This is what this movie's about. Uh, Miracle on 34th Street is about Santa Claus, for some reason, slumming it in New York and gets a job at, at Macy's and tries to convince people he's actually Santa Claus, or he just, you know, why do anybody believe I'm really Santa Claus? That kind of thing. He ends up on in, in trial to see if he's crazy, needs to be locked away, or whatever, however it goes. But that's all, you know, it's Santa. Santa is Christmas. So it's, a, it's e those are easy. Those are Christmas movies. But... But it's a wonderful life, though. It does. It's a, so, so what other criteria could there be? And I thought, well, um, they, they, the, it's a wonderful life does get played near Christmas. In fact, while the copyright was uh, was not held by anybody, and that was for a long time, cable networks and 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 local TV stations they would have have. Uh, it's a Wonderful Life playing all the time. You could finish watching it, flip a couple channels, and it's be starting up somewhere else. It was just constantly on leading up to Christmas. It, so it was embraced by the media as a Christmas movie because they would put it on during the Christmas season. But what about the Ten Commandments? What about that movie? The Ten Commandments was played during Passover every year, except... And so, so it could be considered a Passover movie. It's bigger than just Passover. It's not, you know, but it could be considered that, I suppose, because it's the first Passover that takes place in there, and it's a, it's so okay. But as a Catholic kid growing up, we'd watch the Ten Commandments. But as far as we were concerned, it was an Easter movie, even though it has nothing to do with Easter. Jesus ain't there. He won't show up for quite a while. And there's, you know, there's a Messiah in it, but that's Moses. It's not Jesus. And, you know, there's no rising from the dead or any of that kind of thing. So, but to, we were, it was always played near Easter. So does that make the Ten Commandments also an Easter movie? Because they play it in proximity to Easter? Huh. And I, so, I, you know, so I kept thinking about it. It's just, you know, I, I can see... You know, the the holiday has to be integral to the plot. It has to be an important part of the plot for it to be considered a holiday movie. So when I thought about that, I realized, oh, wait a minute now. Uh, Poseidon Adventure, no. New Year's is not important to the plot. It's a party. It's a New Year's Eve party that spills over into, <laughs> almost literally, into New Year's Day. Well, actually, literally, spilled over. Um but it's it, it's a cruise. Every night's a party on a cruise, right? So, okay, so that's not that integral. But Jaws, wait a minute now. Jaws, the 4th of July, was in, extremely important to the film because the mayor, believing he was working in the best interest of the town, says it's a summer town. We rely on summer dollars. If, uh, you know, 4th of July weekend, if we don't get tourists on that, you know, we could, we could be screwed if they they're, if they're afraid of a shark. So, it is integral to the to the movie. So I guess you really can consider Jaws a Fourth of July movie. So then that got me thinking. Now, all right, all right, it's it, it, Die Hard. I'm told it's shown very near. You know, it, it's shown near Christmas on some cable channel. They'll have marathons of it or something, and. Okay, so the media seems to be embracing, at least some seem to be embracing the idea that this is a Christmas movie, because let's play it near Christmas. Okay, alright, there's that. But is Christmas just a setting in there? So I started thinking about that. Okay, terrorists take over an office building. Now, this it, it they take over it at night. They take it over when there's a, uh, a Christmas party for the executives of this... The business or whatever it is, I can't. I forgot the name of it, but uh, that the that this whole building is dedicated to. But it's done at a point where it's not during the day because I'm sure Hans Gruber, Gruber, being the leader of these terrorists, being a smart guy, says, you know, if we try to take over the building in the middle of the day when it's filled with people, that it's going to be hard to manage that. 
So we and we want to make sure we get the top executives there because then we can our demands are going to be, uh, I guess, more demanding, and uh, so we need to you know plan this out and take them at the Christmas party which they're going to have in the building. Wait a minute, they're having the Christmas party now. I said the cruise, you know, the the Poseidon Adventure, a cruise every night's a cruise or a party every night's a party on a cruise, but. Every night in an office building isn't a party. It didn't seem like this company would be like that. Maybe some offices are, but I think that's probably not good for business. But so now, why are they there then? Why are the top executives there? Because it's the Christmas party. Now Christmas is becoming an integral part of the movie. So, okay, so it's shown near Christmas. It's not just the Christmas theme throughout the movie. It doesn't have Christmas in the title. I mean, Halloween has Christmas in the, uh, has Halloween in the title. Does that make it a Halloween movie? It takes place on Halloween. But could it take place at any other time of the year? I This is really complicated, but the more I thought about it, dang it, Die Hard is a Christmas movie. Because... The Christmas party is integral, the, the Christmas holiday is integral to the plot. They wouldn't be having a party with all those people there if it weren't Christmas. So I think it's a Christmas movie. Huh. Well, well you know, I guess I can change my mind once in a while. Well, I've re reached my first break. You're listening to Dimland Radio on the ZTalk Radio Network at ztalkradio.com. I'm your host, Jim, Dr. Dan Fitzsimmons. I shall return, um, you know, after all this stuff. Radio, the number one choice for music, sports, news, and talk radio. So keep that dial locked to ztalkradio.com. Don't just take my word for it, but you are listening to Dimland Radio on Ztalk Radio Network. Do you believe in ghosts? Do you think Bigfoot is real? Do you suspect that your neighbor is really Val Tor, leader of the lizard people of Bendar 3? Well, Dr. Dim doesn't, and he'll tell you why when you tune in to Dimland Radio Saturday nights, 11 Central, midnight Eastern on Talk Radio Network. It's an hour of science promotion, pop culture rants, personal observation, and of course, skepticism. Join Jim, Dr. Dim Fitzsimmons, Saturday nights, 11 Central, midnight Eastern, for Dimland Radio on Talk Radio Network. You're listening to Z Talk Radio Network. I am living on Channel Z. And welcome back to Dimland Radio here in the ZTalk Radio Network at ztalkradio.com. I'm your host, Jim, Dr. Dim Fitzsimmons. I had this, uh, I don't know, kind of a cool coincidence that happened the other day. Uh, you've heard of the Bader-Meinhof thing? Uh, it's, a, it's, a, it's what they call it when, when you're made aware of a term, uh, a word, a phrase, or something that you hadn't heard before or noticed before you're made aware of it and then as soon as you're made aware of it you see it all over or you see it right away again and 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 so it thinks it feels like it's this, this weird phenomenon but actually you just hadn't noticed it all the other times until you became aware of it so you know it's not like anything crazy is happening it's a it's a coincidence and and and, and that stuff happens all the time but i did have something it, it was kind of neat when this happened, this 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 coincidence, I uh, was talking with my boss, 
the other day, and uh, yeah, something came up. It's uh, uh, one of the buildings that I clean on a regular basis uh, has uh, furnaces in there, seven of them. And every three months, I change out the furnace filters. Now, this is not something we normally do uh, at any of our uh, our properties that we clean, uh, but I do it for this one. I'm not sure how it is that I got started doing it, but I do, and I do, and I made it known to the the customer that this this is a courtesy that I do. If I should ever stop working there. <laughs> I hope that's possible. But if I should ever stop working there, whoever cleans after I leave, they're not going to be expected to change the furnace filters. You're going to have to do them yourselves. And But anyway, uh, I had just changed them. And uh, I think I told the customers that they, they'd gotten some new uh, furnace filters, a different kind. And I told them, this, this, the kind that they got, this is a good kind. They get these because they hold their shape better. Than the kind they gotten before, and those uh, those other that I had so much I I have a lot of trouble getting them pulled out of the slots that they're in in a couple of those furnaces. I practically have to rip the things apart. Um, and it, they're just just a little too tight in the slots. But anyway, so I got talking about furnaces and furnace filters with the boss, and I thought about the furnace at our office. It's in our basement on our half of the business. There's the chiropractor on the other side, and uh, yeah, but the furnace is on ours. So, but the chiropractor side, he has the thermostat control. <laughs> it's kind of what well, it's. It's it's just worked out that way. Anyway, so I um I got to thinking. I've I've never changed the furnace filter in that furnace, and I don't think I've ever been aware of the landlord who you know who owns the building. I don't think I've ever known him to change the furnace filter, and that furnace has been there for a long time. And I thought that seems strange, and I mentioned that to my boss. And my boss said, "Well, he started explaining. He says, well, maybe there probably is a filter in there, but uh, who knows?'" And he starts telling me about these old furnaces, and they have a part in there that's called a plenum. And he says, "You know, the thing about these older furnaces is that uh, the plenums that are in them." He's and he's describing this this part to me. It, 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 which is, I don't know, it's some, I don't ask me to describe it. It's just part of the furnace. He said these old furnaces, the plenums were made of, uh, of cast iron, but the newer ones are made of aluminum. And so the cast iron plenums last longer than these aluminum ones. So he's just giving me that little nugget of information. I'm not sure exactly why, but he, he did. And I thought, okay, that's cool. A plenum. Never heard of one before. At least not, I don't know where I've ever hearing of one before. And I think you can guess what happened next, but not the details. Later that same day, I was cleaning one of my buildings, and I was listening to podcasts. That's I, I do that while I clean. And one of the podcasts uh, that I listen to on a regular basis is The Skeptic's Guide to the Universe. I think it's a very good podcast. You guys should check it out. They do skepticism really well. And uh, and I I just enjoy the the podcast. It's it's I I find it v uh, very well done. And uh, there's a one of the one of the hosts of the show or one of the rogues. The host is Steve Novella, and the other folks are he calls them the rogues. Well, one of the rogues, Cara Santa Maria, she has a segment every week or just about every week. What's it's called? What's the word? And she talks about uh, a an unusual or uh, a word that's not used very much. It just she, she finds some interesting word. And, well, that week's word was plenum. It has a, a different meaning about, you know, filling a void, something like that, filling in something. And I guess, and, and she even brought up, in, when, you, when you talk about heating and cooling the uh, furnaces and stuff, there's a plenum in there, and they sort of fill a section and way, however she described it. And I just went, you gotta be, what? You gotta be kidding me. I just heard that term earlier today. And here it is. Coincidence? Yes, that's what it is. It's, it's a coincidence. And uh, so, yeah, it's, it's, I thought that was neat. It was just kind of neat. Well, let's see. Is uh, This this can be kind of neat. I, I mean, I like doing these. time for another Dinland Radio pedantic moment. 
what did they get wrong this time, Dim? Well, let me tell you what they got wrong this time. Uh, I watched a video uh, through Facebook. Um, trying to remember what it was. Uh, I can't remember what it was. <laughs> it had something to do with it, but but it it had me. It, it, once that video was done, another video loaded in, and I usually I you know I get. Doesn't that bug you when that happens? You go to a, a website page and you just want to read the article on the page, and then a video starts playing, and then you got to pause it just to keep it from bothering you, or you back it up so you can watch the video because if it's related to the article, you know. But then you get through with it, it moves. You're still at the same page with the article, but the video changes over to some other video that that, that they have on the page. The CNN page does that a lot. Uh, there are other pages out there that do it, and I just, you know, I, I, if I want to watch the video, give me the option to hit the play button. Don't force me to, to, to hit the pause button because I don't want to hear it at this point. I'm trying to read the article. A lot of times the article is just the transcript of the video, but sometimes it's, there's more information in there. And I just, it's just, you know, don't presume I want to watch the video. Just, you know, just give me the option to click on that and let it play. Another thing I don't like about uh, when you're reading an article online. Now, I write a blog each week uh, for the comic book store that I do some work for, uh, Nostalgia Zone, which is over there in Minneapolis. You can check it out online at nostalgiazone.com. A little plug there. And my, my blog is, you just, Go to nostalgiazone.com and you click on the blog option there, and you'll find the. It'll send you over to Warehouse Find. That's what we call the the blog, and uh, I put in there some, something each week that has something to do with nostalgia and all that. But whenever I and then and in my show notes for this show, which is at uh, dimland.com, go over there, click on the blog option there, and you'll get to the show notes, and there'll there'll be links to things on there, so to you can find with articles I was referring to, and I'll put you know stuff on there to video links like for this uh, for this pedantic moment, which I will get to. <laughs> um, I'll link to the video on YouTube so you can you can take a look at it or, or wherever it pops. I'll find the link to it and I'll put it in there. But the thing that bothers me though is when there are some blogs and some articles online that when you click the link it it doesn't open another window on your desktop. Now some people that might bother them it doesn't bother me. I would like the other window to open up so that I don't have to go back to the article that it, the article is still there that I clicked on the link, it's just another window opened up, and then I can, you know, finish reading the article and then check out the the, the window later. That's how I set it up in my blog, on both my blogs. If there's any link to something, another page, whatever, it doesn't throw away the page that you're still that you were at. It just opens up another one. So I just I I, I just prefer that it opens a new window. It, I just think that's a better idea. But anyway, but that's me. Okay, okay. The botanic moment though is. The video that came up was about why human breasts are unique. And I, I said, well, boobies? Okay, I'll watch this. <laughs> it's done by Science Insider. Uh, and and it's, it's, you know, it's a... It's it's not a titillating <laughs> video. It's, uh, it's just, it's about... Um, you know what it is about the human breasts that are different from all other animals that have breasts on this planet that we know of. Uh, the 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 thing that's different is that once a human female starts to develop breasts, she has the breasts. You know, they're they're swollen as it as, as it, if you will, all the time. You know, sometimes they get you know, sometimes they get a little more swollen than others, but uh, you know they're they're there all the time. All the other animals that have breasts, they are they're they're empty, they're flat, flatish, unless they're producing milk for their offspring, and that's the only time that it shows up. And that's even in the, our fellow apes. You know the 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 the, uh, the the chimpanzees and bonobos and gorillas and orangutans. Their it's their breasts are are flat unless they're producing milk. But human women, that's not the case. Uh, 
So they were they were trying to figure out why that is in, in this video. The uh, evolutionary scientists have been trying to figure out why that is. There's a, the Desmond Morris had this idea that uh, that the that the breast evolved to be that way, and the human breast evolved to be that way uh, on women, so that it was as an attractant to mates uh, because when uh, um, when our primate cousins uh, when their females go into you know heat into readiness their rumps get bigger and Desmond Morris was kind of comparing you know the, the the rump becomes a sexual attractant to the the, the the males of the species in general the males I mean there's some female primates that might say hmm look at that yeah and there are some male primates that'll say yeah not for me but for the most part and it's whether that's the explanation they're not sure but that's an idea that's been that's been offered and so i'm watching this thing and it gets to uh, a part in there about breast cancer and and so it starts talking about uh you know breast cancer and this this is where it's it break it well this is where the problem is this is where my pedantry comes in because they get this wrong it's wrong and it's it's somebody didn't wasn't paying attention they were told by the the narrator that uh, every year you know, worldwide 1.5 million women are affected by by breast cancer and I'm not saying infected I said affected they have you know something happens to 1.5 million women uh, and the numbers are worldwide every year they are affected by breast cancer and in 2015 570,000 women were killed by breast cancer okay, they give us, they give us those two facts and as the narrator is giving us those two facts a graphic is being animated in the video so it does like the yellow Pac-Man shape of the pie chart. They get a, pie, there's a, there's a, they do it as a pie chart. So the yellow starts to open up, and that represents the 1.5 million. And she, and so as she's ta as the narrator's talking about the 1.5 million, that that shows up, and then she goes on to say the 570 thousand that were killed, and that comes up as a as a red color and a and a pie wedge, with you know, in this pie chart. And I looked at it. I said, wait a minute, that's wrong. You're saying that each year, worldwide, 1.5 million women are affected by breast cancer, and that in 2015, you know, almost 600,000 of them were killed by it. Well, that's an effect <laughs> of breast cancer, and the, it's the, 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 the number that they get, the 570,000, that's part of the 1.5 million. It's not in addition to, but the way they do the graphic, it's in addition to. See, the pie is the 100%. That's the whole thing. The whole thing, they said, is 1.5 million women affected by breast cancer. 570,000, that's a slice out of the 1.5 million. But the way they do it, it's 2,070,000. So that's just wrong. <laughs> it's it's I, I some might say I'm not being pedantic. I'm just pointing out that they, you're just wrong. But that's just wrong. That's not how a pie chart works. And I did leave a comment on there on the uh, on the YouTube page, uh, which I'll link you to. Uh, I did. I left a comment just saying exactly that. You, this is wrong. That pie chart is. You know, I may not understand pie charts, but I, I think I do understand pie charts. You just have this just terribly, horribly wrong. How dare you? In the name of science, how could you get this wrong? Uh, well, uh, I boy, I've made it to another break. That was quick. Uh, my next break, I'll be back shortly. I'll be talking about a little bit more about uh, boobs when I come back, uh, except I'll be, uh, I'll be talking more about the nipple. Ooh. So stay tuned, to, uh, and I'll be back. Uh, you're listening to Dimland Radio. Hang on there. Oh, it's not playing. Ah, oh, jeez, for Pete's sake. There you go. <laughs> 
just left it dead air, nothing happening. I'll be right back. Hey, want to hear the most annoying sound in the world? You're listening to Z-Talk Radio Network. Wash your hands often to reduce the spread of germs and disease. To wash your hands properly, wet them, apply a quarter-sized amount of liquid soap, and rub them together for about the time it takes to sing the happy birthday song twice. Wash the front and back, in between your fingers, and under your nails. Dry them with a paper towel if possible, and then use the paper towel to turn off the faucet and open the door. If soap and water aren't available, use an alcohol-based hand sanitizer. A message from the CDC. When, oh when, will someone design an exploding head emoticon? Please, someone, anyone. You're listening to Dimland Radio on Z-Talk Radio Network. Mm, Getting some Z's. Wake up, wake up, wake up, wake up, wake up. Listen to Z Talk Radio. On ZTalkRadio.com. Welcome back to Dimland Radio here on the Z-Talk Radio Network at ztalkradio.com. I'm your host, Jim, Dr. Dim Fitzsimmons. I teased that I was going to talk about the nipple uh, as I went to that last break, and I'm going to. I won't forget. I'm going to talk about the nipple. Um, if you are a member of the Facebook community, the, that social media platform, uh, you undoubtedly know that Facebook has a problem with the female nipple being shown on their on their uh, social media platform. <laughs> they have a problem with that. Uh, I have, uh, on a couple occasions, attempted to post the image of uh, the Pixies album, Surfa Rosa. That album has a topless, uh, uh, has a model, on, the, on a female model on the cover. She's topless. You see her nude breast. You see the nipples. It's rather small. On the page, it's not like it's not like it's like in your face. It's tastefully done. It's artfully done. It's art. You, know, you can do. You can put up a, a, a an image of a of a statue of a woman with naked breasts. It's not a problem. I think you can put up some you know some paintings that might have women on there with their naked breasts. That that might not be a problem with Facebook, but it says photograph. It's a problem. You know, it's, they don't want to see the nipple, and I've had it. I've been told. I've been told. Oh, no, we took that down. This does not comply with our with our policies about nipples. You can't, you know, take this take this down. And I thought, okay, you know, or they took it down for me. And uh, okay, all right. So I thought I understood. It seems a little, you know, seems a little prudish to me, but I thought I understood the. The, the policy and how it went. Well, for about two or three days running, I would open up my Facebook. This is this past week or the week before. And you know how they'll have ads right in your feed. And not just on the sides, but right through and as you scroll down, there'll be an ad and they'll say it's an ad on it. Uh, and there was an ad for eBay. You could click on. They, they put up an image of something like you know, celebrity photograph or something that you could, that you could order through eBay. You click on it; it'll send you that page and or a poster or some such item. And so I opened it up, and there is a, a, a picture, a photograph that looks like it might have come out of Playboy. It's done in that uh, photographic style of a woman who's naked. Uh, you can't you see her from her chin down. She's got shoulder-length hair, brown, 
she's nicely tanned. She's got tan lines. So that's, there's I like tan lines. Some some people like tan lines. Some of them don't. I kind of like them. But anyway, uh, she, and she's she's topless. You know, we see the breasts, and she's got some kind of scarf around her waist so that that and, that, and it covers uh, covers the, uh, the 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 naughty naughty part, and <laughs> and and I and I look at that, and like I said, two three days running, it opens up. And there are nipples. I mean, they are far more uh, obvious than the cover of the Pixies' Surferosa album, the band The Pixies, their album Surferosa. They're far more obvious. I mean, they're right there, and they're bigger as far as you know, in proportion of the photograph. It's there. They are practically in your face. And I thought, well, gee. So if if eBay wants to advertise on Facebook. Then and and in that thing they're advertising some photograph that's signed by I didn't I didn't click on it but there it is there they are just looking at me I mean I'm not opposed to seeing them but there they were and I just I thought well what the hell I can't I can't put Surferosa on my page but eBay can put this on my Facebook page because eBay's paying is that the difference so I took the image I did a screen capture and I. Uh, uh, I I took the I, I blocked out the nipples, and I posted it to my Facebook page, and I asked Facebook to explain why this photograph was okay to show if it's in an ad. I, I of course I didn't get an explanation for it. Maybe that's why uh, Facebook went down uh, went went kaplooey that one day, uh, because I, I I I blew its brains out for by asking them a question that they couldn't figure out an answer to. I mean, probably not, but that's you know I like to think I'm more important than I am. <laughs> well, maybe not that much, but so uh, yeah. So I put that up there, and again, like I said, there's no response to it, uh, but. I did have a really good comment. Somebody, somebody very clever, a Facebook friend of mine who's very clever, said, "You know what you should do? You should, you should cut and paste two male nipples over her, her nipples. So you know, problem solved." Oh no, no, those aren't those aren't women's nipples. Those are men's nipples. I just I, I photoshopped them in there. If I had Photoshop, I might have tried it, but I, I don't, and I got to get it back someday. I hope I can, but. I don't know. You know, it's. I thought we were trying to free the nipple, but not on Facebook, unless of course you're an advertiser and 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 advertiser, and then I guess you can get away with it. I, I suppose it's probably just a mistake. Somebody just—it's an oversight. They didn't notice. How much time I got left in the show? Oh boy, I've got a stretch. Oh, I've run out of stuff to talk about. No, I got three cool things. Uh, three cool things to talk about at the end of the show. Uh, the first cool thing I'm going to talk about is this thing called Fool Fool House Rock. You know, it sounds like Schoolhouse Rock. You're, if you're a certain age, you remember the Schoolhouse Rock series. We have, I think we still have it on DVD. We might have we might have gotten rid of them because uh, Hayden's you know older now and he's not as interested in them. Uh, but we might still have them around somewhere. Um, and that was the entire collection of the Schoolhouse Rock deals and that's was on Saturday mornings back when Saturday mornings was it was uh, the, the, the the king of uh, the kids lives in America and we all got up to watch the Saturday morning cartoons and and, and the shows that were done for us kids and it was a big deal then that's that's something that's gone it's gone from our from our uh, uh, American experience. It's gone. It's something that's only in the past. When we were kids, when I was a kid, uh, they, you know, the Saturday mornings were so big, so important that they would actually have like the week before the premiere Saturday morning, and when the new season kicked off with all the new kids shows, they would have the networks would have a half hour, an hour long special that would be, you know, previewing. The new shows that are coming up. So when Land of the Lost was was coming up, they did a preview and they'd have you know somebody, some you know kid friendly host hosting the show and giving some of the synopsis in the background and showing clips of these shows that are coming up. And we'd get all excited because that's happening. And you know, we when we moved to the neighborhood that my that my parents live in now, 
just a mile from where I live at this point. But my parents still live there. We moved in 1973. And before we did that, we, we kids in, our, in my family, we were all going to a, a Catholic school. And we we demanded, <laughs> we kids demanded, we don't want to go to Catholic school anymore. Can you can we go to public school, please? And uh, my parents probably said, "Phew, yes, we want to pay for your damn schooling." And they said, "Well, okay, but you'll have to go to religion classes on Saturday morning." Oh man, we hated that. Ugh, it's probably sowing the the early seeds of my atheism take away my Saturday mornings to go learn about Jesus. Ugh. <laughs> anyway, there was this thing called Schoolhouse Rock, which would have this educational stuff in, in a little two-minute cartoon with a snappy song, and, and, and they were great. You know, some of them were really good, and some of them were okay. Conjunction Junction was probably the most famous of them, where you know, it's some locomotive guys hooking up trains with and button or, you know, conjunctions, and it, that was that one. And there was a lot of other cool ones. And so, Fool House Rock comes along with this, this uh, parody if you will, of the Schoolhouse Rock deal. And it, it's, it's, uh, it's all about uh, how measles is making a comeback due to the anti-vaxxers. Thanks, anti-vaxxers. Uh, <laughs> measles is coming back. It says, how measles is making a comeback. And it was put together by the New York Times. And one of the... It's, so it's got all these animated uh, viruses that, uh, that our vaccines are supposed to protect us against. And... And one of them, the measles one, is concerned about, you know, oh, they're vaccinating against me and I'll disappear, you know. And the polio vaccine comes over and explains and starts singing about how, you know, the anti-vaxxers are making sure that people aren't getting their kids vaccinated and these diseases are coming back. And he says, don't give up, hope, we'll be back. And what I thought was really clever and almost a little... I don't know if I'd call it sick. Nah, sick doesn't seem like the right word. But it seems... I don't know. But I thought it was I thought it was funny. The polio virus is uh, a caricature of Franklin Delano Roosevelt. Uh, the, the one that... The president of ours that uh, came closest to being a dictator. <laughs> he was... He did turn out to be president for life. He was elected four times. And he died during his fourth term. Uh, so he ended up being president for life, but he died pretty young. He had polio as a young man. He, you know, he was a he was a strong, strapping, vibrant man. He was in. You know, there's pictures of him as a young man in his 20s walking along, but he, he contracted polio and he lost the use of his legs. And and the media and 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 his people did as much as they could to try to hide that fact from the American public, but uh, everybody kind of knew, but nobody cared. <laughs> yeah, so what? So he's in a wheelchair. So what? Doesn't mean he can't be president. I wonder when somebody who might be in a wheelchair will will uh, throw their hat in the ring someday for president and say, why not? You know, I'm, my health is good. Otherwise, I just can't walk. That doesn't mean I can't be a president, right? So I just thought that little bit, that was just this nice little bit to make the polio uh, virus character look like uh, FDR. It's, poli it's a polio virus, isn't it? It's not a vaccine, uh, 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 a germ, polio, but it, whatever it is. Made it look like FDR. I thought that was cool. Now, here's another thing. It also has to do with anti-vaxxing. This is the second cool thing that I noticed this week. Um, it was posted by a friend of the show, Maddie. Uh, she she put this. She found this somewhere. Somebody had put this together and and uh, posted it on the Facebook. And it's um, it's it's trolling the anti-vaxxers by using their 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 same arguments, but ex except instead of arguing uh, against vaccines, they're the, you're arguing against using car seats for your for your kids. So uh, I'm going to read these through for you. Uh, I've found a new favorite way to troll anti-vaxxers. Whatever their argument is, 
I take it and apply it to car seats. It works surprisingly well. Boy, I hope that's, I hope that's right. I hope it does work surprisingly well. I might try it on somebody who's, who's doing anti-vax stuff to me. Car seats cause autism. As more car seat regulations were put in place, more autism diagnoses were made. Diagnoses? Diagnoses? Is that right? Uh, my co-worker's cousin was in a car accident and still got injured even though they were in a car seat. So I'd use, so I don't use them because they don't even always work. In fact, I even knew a guy who was injured by a seatbelt in a wreck. Obviously, they do more harm than good. Have you seen how expensive car seats are? Big Automotive just wants your money. I just feel that it's my right as a parent to decide if my kids will use a car seat or not. I know my kids best. It is not the government's place to mandate that. I have read, or oh, no, have you read the user's manual on those things? They're made with so many chemicals. If it's not safe enough to eat, I don't want my kids to use it. Edible car seats. Would that be a good idea? Actually, the lower uh, numbers of, of deaths by car accident aren't from car seat standards increasing. It's from better roads being paved. Car seats are just so unnatural. I'm not anti-car seat. I'm pro-transportation freedom. Now, it's not perfect, but that's pretty good. And I wonder if, if you would lay that out against somebody that's anti-vax or maybe leaning against anti-vax. They're not sure. You throw that in there and you say, you know, you have, especially if they have kids. And you said, do you use car seats? Why would you use a car seat? Did you know that as car seats became more and more prevalent, the diagnosis of autism went up? The cor correlation means causation, doesn't it? So I think that's pretty cool. That's a cool argument to put together. And the number three cool thing was I just saw this today. I don't know how long it's been around, but some very talented artist uh, took four classic Universal monsters, Universal Studios monsters. Uh, Frankenstein's monster, Dracula, Phantom of the Opera, and the Bride of Frankenstein. Took those classic faces and... and and did, a, did an illustration where the each face is in the makeup of a member of the band Kiss. So it's so so uh, Boris Karloff's uh, Frankenstein's monster is done up in Gene Simmons' the demon makeup, um, uh, and that that works really well. Uh, I think it's brilliant. They put Dracula in the the Paul Stanley makeup the. Whatever he goes by, Star Child is that what he goes by? I don't know, whatever. And the the Phantom of the Opera by uh, that's uh, Lon Chaney, that's that's Peter Chris the the cat makeup, and then um, and then uh, the Bride of Frankenstein she's done up like Ace Freely, and it's really well done. It's awesome. I'll put it on the show notes. You can take a look at it. I think you'll like it. Uh, I, it may have been around for a long time, and I just just notice it now, but I think it's awfully cool. And I hope you've had at least three cool things happen for you Good this week. Good night, Adolfo. Good night, Frau Blucher. Well, I think I've come to the end of another show. I, I hope I have. Uh, uh, remember to be skeptical and that extraordinary claims require extraordinary evidence. And uh, you've been listening to Dimland Radio on the Z-Talk Radio Network, the longest-running show on Z-Talk. And I'm reminding you, I'm your host, Jim Dr. Dan Simmons. I'm reminding you to sleep with the lights off. check out my show notes at dimland.com. Just click on the blog option and you can email your questions and comments to drdim at dimland.com. That's D-R-D-I-M at dimland.com. And the opening theme song, Ram, is by Theolius and is used with permission.
This has been a production of the Z-Talk Radio Network. And now, a message to our competitors. Thanks. Thanks for tuning us in. Well, I'm going to hell. Now, if you don't think that uh, Die Hard is a Christmas movie, that's okay. That's cool.